Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So I was in the shower, I was cleaning my ass and making all shirts all sparkly, spanking clean. I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. music, wine, and then blue bump and The glory hole is like a, a like big theater of a magic your pants. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mr. Adam. And this is Mrs. Adam. And you found us here on By the Bop. Yes, thanks for joining in again this week. Yep. This is uh, an odd week, I know, for most people between the holidays, between Christmas and New Year's and whatnot. So it's a, a busy time of year. Yeah, it's between your ho-ho-ho and your party on. Exactly. Celebrate good times. Come on. Ow! <laughs> yes, yes. And if you're still listening after that. <laughs> Aw. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, this is an odd week for us as well, because we were traveling over the Christmas holiday, and then mm-hmm. we've got some stuff going on over New Year's holiday, which that's all for another podcast. Yeah. Um, but what we wanted to talk about first is if you are in Sydney for New Year's Eve, um, the eve of New Year's Eve, we're doing a big uh, sex ed um Thing with Miss Jeff again. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are calendarly challenged, that's Friday, December 30th. Yes, that would be me. I'm calendarly challenged. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's uh, Friday, the 30th of December mm-hmm. um, at Our Secret Spot. We're doing an hour and a half this time, over the more than an hour, um, because we're doing uh, a little bit of basic shibari work. Uh, we're doing a little bit of impact play intros, and then we're also going to do a fashion show, a kink yeah. and fetish fashion show. Yeah. So it's a bit of a, a basic intro to kink and fetish type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so. a taster. Yeah, exactly. So dip, dip your toes in. Um, and then, of course, uh, after, the, after the above, uh, uh, Mrs. Adam and I will be there, you know, talking to folks and, uh, yeah, maybe then a little more. Then you get your pre-New Year's Eve party on. I know. Yeah. And if you're feeling like... Crazy, uh, come to New Year's Eve at OSS. Yes, and get um, laid. Yep, they're doing a Hawaiian party. Mm-hmm. They're, you're going to get laid. I know he's going to have a balloon drop that has prizes inside the balloons. Which, oh, that's awesome. I know, it's badass. Yeah. Um, so um, there will be a link on our uh, on this po- post for this podcast so you can get a discount on those tickets if, mm-hmm. uh, if you purchase those tickets through us. Yep. So you will get a discount. Um, so you'll get laid for cheaper. <laughs> Even better. I love Who it. Who doesn't like that? I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely come and see us on the eve of New Year's Eve. Yes. And then come on New Year's Eve. And by that point, you'll be using New Year's Day to relax and and. and that's what New Year's Day is for. Yeah. Yeah. Recover from all your coming. Yeah. You go to the beach, you relax, you recover. I know. Awesome. Yeah. So excited. Anyway. Um, yeah, so what are we talking about tonight? 
Oh, we yes. have another event coming up as well. We do. Holy shit yeah. balls. So excited. It's a busy time. Yes. You talk about that one. I'm going to drink. All right. So February 17th, it's uh, another Friday night. Uh, we're going to host a pendulum party at our secret spot. It is going to be... We're calling it pendulum party because it's it's where you know you can kind of swing both ways and and it's it's going to be a bisexual friendly party so both guys and girls uh, it's going to you know if you're how is it you said it before hetero flexible hetero accepting homo flexible homo accepting I can't remember bisexual all the terms. pansexual Basically, any sexual if you like to just play with people yep and and you, or or if you're just curious and you want to see what it looks like or you just want to kind of dip your toe in and explore a little bit we're gonna have. Um, you know, a glory hole or a couple glory holes. I'm not sure exactly what's going on there, but there's going to be at least one glory hole set up. Um, and there's going to be a lot of, of play acceptable between, you know, male, male, female, female. It's going male, to be one female. of those wonderfully whatever, safe you know. judgment-free yeah. zones. <laughs> and I really look forward to this because I think it, it will be a lot, a lot of fun. Yes, it's going to be so, amazing. Yeah. So, um, and Full of sexy people, so come out, join us. We will definitely be there. We know some of our friends are going to be there. Yep. So come out. Talk to us, play with us. It'll be fun. Yeah, uh, it's, I'm really, really looking forward to this. Yep, and you can get tickets from that for that on OSS's website as well, www.oursecretspot.com.au. And I'm going to talk to the law this weekend about getting uh, a link for us so that people can link, oh, sure. find it through okay. us. So, sure. yes, yay! So excited. So a big, uh, big couple months coming up. Yeah, yeah, we've got a it's lot going be on. Badass. Um, so we want to talk real quick. We've got we've got a, a, a bit of a different episode later on in this episode, uh, but we want to start with uh, recently, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, we were at the Red Heaven event mm-hmm. um, for their Christmas, which was an um, an Alice Christmas in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland, but it was Christmas in Wonderland. Um, and so, if you follow us on Twitters, you, on Twitters, <laughs> if you follow us on Twitter, you'll have seen pictures of us. Um, we, we went there. It was, I'm, I'm going to say amazing. It was, it was a lot of it fun. It was awesome. Yeah. It was, um, not what I was expecting, to be honest. I didn't really know what to expect and I was very pleasantly surprised. Very much so. Yeah. Um, we had, uh, you know, we went with a, another couple, a mm-hmm. uh, wonderful couple that we both like very much. They'd come into town to. Wine to, and Fun Times. Yes. If you're on Twitter, mm-hmm. follow them at Wine and Fun Times. Um, lovely couple. Intelligent, funny, sexy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Crushworthy. Definitely crushworthy. Um, <clears throat> so we, we met them for dinner, and we mm-hmm. had an awesome dinner there near the opera house. Um, and then we went to the club. Um, it was decorated up to look like Wonderland with the giant mushrooms and um, an awesome kind of wishing well in the center that boiled out smoke. Um, there was a nice, huge dance floor. Uh, yeah, a good-sized dance floor. A, really. a nice outside balcony, and we were mm-hmm. very lucky in that it was a lovely evening with a little bit of light breeze and beautiful views. The temperature views. was perfect. It wasn't raining. Yeah. It was just, the weather was we absolutely perfect lucky. for the event. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they have a huge indoor area where, um, you know, it's a Near big, bar. A big yeah. bar. Yeah. Um, awesome. I would highly recommend anybody who is interested in, in checking out the Red Heaven events, uh, you can definitely find them on www.redheavenevents.com.au. I'm pretty sure it's .au. It might just be .com. Um, <clears throat> but they're sponsored by Red Hot Pie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It was so much fun. It was fun. It was, and it was great to be able to get dressed up and, you know, go to this party, meet a lot of like-minded people. And they had wristbands, different colored wristbands for, what was it, Let's Play? Um, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm and curious. And just watching. And just watching, yeah. So there were three different levels <clears throat> of wristband colors, depending on what you were interested in. So it was easy to tell, you know, if somebody else was interested in playing or if they were just kind of curious. Um, what I thought was funny was we saw a few... People that had just curious wristbands who were playing with people. Yeah. So, but that's that's part of curiosity. It is. It, it absolutely is. And and so it was fun. Um, and it, like I said, it was great to get dressed up and and to be around like-minded people. Just want to go out and have a good time. And you don't have to filter yourself. You don't have to watch what you say. Ooh, is somebody gonna mistake this or right. whatever? Like Mr. Adams said, they had a big dance floor set up and a wonderful DJ. So great music playing all night long. Um, the costumes were absolutely was, amazing. Yeah, it was so much fun to just look at everyone's costumes. And, you know, you saw a few Cheshire Cats. You saw a few Mad Hatters. So for me, I went as mm-hmm. a, a version of the Mad Hatter. Um, Mrs. Adam went as... <laughs> Something I don't know. <laughs> well, we had we had airbrushed. I was in the theme of things. You were. I wasn't we had, a character. But. We had airbrushed a tag over on your chest that said "Drink me," mm-hmm. and then we had airbrushed a tag on your above your waist that said "Eat me," mm-hmm. um, and you were quite popular amongst everybody coming mm-hmm. up and commenting on your on your paint job and on your negligee that you were wearing in between the paint jobs. And thanks to Mr. And, Adam on the paint job. I do what I do. Um, and then a lovely, long, velvet, um, red, long bolero. It's a long bolero. Yeah, jacket, yeah, it was a beautiful, yeah, yeah it's sexy as hell. Um, yeah, but I was really impressed at the level of, of costuming. Because you always get those, you mm-hmm. always get these things, and let's say there are 100 people there. And typically, 20% of those people won't dress up. But I'd say, really, even the people who didn't put a lot of effort in, still put some some effort effort in. Yeah, and if it wasn't, if they weren't Alice in Wonderland themed, they were at least Christmas themed. They would have maybe a Christmas shirt on or something or maybe a a little hat or, you know, just something to at least show that I made a tiny bit of an effort before coming. I didn't just wander in off the street. Yeah, and it was it was so, nice. And yeah. it was a the club was very well set up. They had an 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 entrance uh, and exit just for us. Yeah. So there was no way that you were going to get uh, vanilla folks or random folks just wandering in. It was a ticketed event, so you couldn't even see in unless right. you had a ticket. Uh, I was really really impressed with the venue and with the way the whole thing. was And it set was fun. Up. We talked to some really great people. We you know I think we had a both of us had a, a very good time, you know, not just with Wine and Fun Times, but then also with other folks that we met there and talked there. We saw, admittedly, I didn't think we would really know anyone there, but we saw a fair number of people that we already knew there, even some from different, I'm going to say areas of life. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, there was a couple that we met at Hellfire that was there. and We just, met friends of friends yeah. that we had met at a random party yeah. there at a birthday party that was not lifestyle-oriented, but they happened to come. Yeah, so it, it's just really interesting, you know, who you happen to run into at things like this. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. If you're in the Sydney area or in, in the southeast uh, Australia Definitely give it a go. It was so much fun, mm-hmm. and I can already say, without a doubt... And they have parties all throughout the year. So. We'll be at their next one. If, yeah. if we can make it happen, we'll definitely be there. Yeah. Um, another great thing about that is if you get tickets to go to um, 
to the Red Heaven event, you get entry into uh, OSS. Right. Uh, so our secret spot mm-hmm. afterwards for the after party. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was great, too. And what's funny about that is you would have a bunch of people come in just sort of sitting around chatting. That wasn't yeah. necessarily about sex. It was like, oh, well, they shut us down at the bar. Now it's 3 a.m. Let's, uh, let's go to our secret spot and, and, was, and sit and chat. Yeah, and it was funny because I think we headed to our secret spot at, what, 12, 30, 1 o'clock? Something I think it was, like that. I think it was maybe a little after 1, even. Yeah, sometimes. So it was... Fairly early. It was yes. before really people started moving from the yeah. bar. And so we got to our secret spot, and it was relatively quiet. Um, it was, there were not a lot of people there. But it was kind of nice because you, you kind of settle in and get in your groove. And, and again, uh, Wine and Fun Times was with us, and so we were able to sit and chat with them for a bit. Uh, there was even some play before the kind of the masses came in yeah. from the party. And, and, Whenever they did come in, like Mr. Adams said, a lot of people just sat around and chatted. Some people went up to the spa. Some people did go play. Yes. Um, but there was just a lot of sitting around talking and just being comfortable in your yeah, skin. It's, and, and it's such a great experience. It is. It really is. You know, I think we all know that feeling of being an outsider and sort of trying to, to put walls up or put masks on. Um, and this is – our secret spot is definitely one of those places, well, really in the Red Heaven event as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, these events and these clubs are places where you can take that mask off and you can just sort of be yourself. There's no yeah. – it's a judgment-free zone. It's really kind of nice. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Success. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I can definitely say without a doubt any future parties that are uh, Red Heaven event parties, we will definitely be at. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Highly recommended. Yeah. Um, yeah, so do we want to get into the, the crux of this yeah. podcast? Yeah, so let's do it. What we have coming up um, is our first pre-recorded podcast. <coughs> We've, we actually have now our first pre-recorded and, and yeah. now released podcast. Uh, so what, what you're about to hear is an interview between uh, ourselves and Phil Brandel. Um, I'm saving his name right. Brandel Brandle. Are you Australian or American? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's either Phil Brandle or Phil Brandel. I like the second better. Anyway, uh, he may disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Phil interviewed us recently for mamamia.com.au. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a. Many of uh, you have probably read the article because we put the link up on Twitter. Yep. What, a month ago? It's been a month. It's been, it's been about a month. Yeah. yeah, so we, we posted this to Twitter about a month ago. Uh, again, I'll, I'll retweet it sure. because, you know. And we'll put the link on the, the podcast notes as well. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so uh, sit back. The audio isn't great because we were being recorded on his end. He was kind enough to record it for us and then send us the MP3 mm-hmm. later. Um, then Mrs. Adam went through with a fine-tooth comb to try to balance us out because, of course, right. we were being recorded over yeah. the phone. Um, so, yeah, the, the quality is not stellar, but it's certainly acceptable by all means. And it's better than I, some of our early stuff. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what I do like about it is that you get a little bit of extra information and a few extra details as opposed to what was in the article. Because, of course, in the article... You're very limited on space in what you you know what he can write, yes. and so in the audio you get a little more behind the you know a little more of the story behind things. So I think it's a a nice addition to the article and a nice addition to our, our coming out podcast as well. Yes, absolutely. So because it's not exactly all the same no, stuff. It's just so, a little, little yeah. more information and let you know a little more about us. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview. 
How did you guys meet each other? We've worked for the same company, but not necessarily together. And we had a mutual friend at work that he would sometimes hang out with and I would sometimes sometimes hang out with. And at some point, we all started hanging out together and one thing led to another. And how long have you guys been, like, together for? Four years. Yeah, four years. Now, are you guys married? Yep. Okay. We sure are. So how did you guys come out to each other? Like, how did that come up in conversation, that one, that you were... <laughs> that you were both bi, and two, that you were open to swinging? So the bi stuff was com- from the complete beginning um, because I was previously married, and um, I ended up, that, that marriage ended, and I was dating a guy, and right. everybody knew that I was dating him. Yep. And then, um, so it was pretty obvious from the beginning for her that I was a bisexual, um, and then it was just sort of naturally, she, I don't remember you even saying you were, but... I think I mean, it, it was, was more behavioral. Yeah. It goes when I start making out with a girl. And, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't one of those, and this sounds horrible to say this, um, but you know how some women, it's a party trick kind of thing? They just like kiss women in bars and that's just it? Yep. Um, this, it was definitely not that. It was, she was, it was clear she was interested in the women. Yeah. When did you know personally that you were bisexual? Boy, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, for me, I think I knew when I was, really young like I probably knew around 14 to 18 high school is what I would say high school um but then didn't really accept it or admit it to myself until I was in my late 20s right pushing 30 and what what happened that made you realize that you're not gay but you're not straight um honestly it was one of those things I think the first time I may have put the label bisexual on it was I was with a therapist, and she said, okay, you have two naked people in front of you, one male and one female. Which one do you go for? And I said, why can't I have both? And she did her little writing down thing and then basically labeled me bisexual. <laughs> right. Um, for you to be seeing a therapist, was there uh, much internal conflict going on? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was suicidal. I was in a bad place, um, not self-accepting. Growing up in the American South, um, if you aren't part of that cookie cutter, you don't fit in. And what about yourself, Angela? Uh, for me, I would say that I had inklings, I would say probably middle school to high school. But much like Bradford, I did not really accept it. And I would say acknowledge and accept it until early to mid-20s, and even at that, I, you know, because there's that social norm of this is how you're supposed to be, I pushed it away and, and didn't really fully embrace uh, my bisexuality until I was in probably early 30s, I would say. You know, just trying to fit yourself into that social norm, and at some point it was like, it, it just isn't. You know, I'd rather focus on myself and be happy regardless of what that is and try and put myself into a little box that everybody thinks I should be in. What about explaining yourselves to your um, parents or friends, especially in America? <laughs> um, my parents, it was easy. My dad still doesn't really know. I never actually came out to him <laughs> uh, officially. I'm he, sure he, he knows, knows. He knows. He knows. But, he knows but, doesn't want to but we don't probably. talk about it. Um, but my mom, I came out to my mom, um, and it, it's one of those great stories because my mom responded. I was at an airport. Uh, I was at Dulles Airport. My parents were in Kentucky. And I said, um, I'm, you know, I'm cheating on my wife. I'm very unhappy. And she goes, okay. And I said, um, I'm 
it, it's bad. And she goes, okay, how bad? I said, it's with a, with a, a guy. And she goes, oh my God, did he give you something? And I went, no. And she goes, did you give him something? I'm like, no, your biggest concern here is about STDs. And she's like, well, I just want to make sure that you guys are safe. <laughs> and so my mom was very accepting. And, and what, what about yourself, Angela, with your friend's family? So my family is not a very direct family, which is maybe why I tend to be. And so it was one of those things, again, being from the South, that it was never really spoken about. And, you know, my, my parents know. Um, and, and I always get that kind of frowny, silent look whenever I do something that they disapprove of. And uh, it, it's more something like that, is, is that, you know, they, they know what I do. And they also know that I'm very stubborn and I'm, I'm just, if they want me to be a different way, it's not going to happen. And there's no real verbal acceptance or anything like that. It's more just, you know, well, that's, that's how she is. That's what she's doing. And that's how it's going to be, you know. So it's more of a, a passive acceptance, I would say. From what I know about the America South, uh, very conservative and Bible Belt and stuff like that, have you guys lost friends or family uh, since you've come out or because of your lifestyle? So the friends that I lost, it's so funny. With Facebook now, what do you define as a friend? That's the big problem. Um, There were people that treated me definitely differently, Um, but not so much as to, you know, unfriend you on Facebook and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, the one that really popped up in my head actually was a big issue was um, she, she's lesbian. And when I came out, she thought I was gay. And then when I started dating Angela, she got, she treated me differently because of not accepting bisexuality as a thing. Does that happen often? Is that a, is that a oh, common occurrence? Oh, that's extremely common. You know, when you look at, like, specifically funding for LGBTQI youth, most of that money is to everybody but the bisexual. Yep. Um, it's a completely overlooked um, group, I guess. Yeah, group. Um, and it's really kind of a shame because most people say you either haven't decided or you're greedy or you'll, you'll, decide, you'll, you'll figure it out and, and things like that. They don't accept bisexuality as a real thing. Um, and it's even worse for men. For women, it's you know, gender and sexual or sexual fluidity is, is much more accepting or accepted. You can go to OSS and see that. Yep. If two women kiss at OSS, it's hot. But if two men kiss at OSS, there's usually that's frowned upon. Now, you were talking earlier before that uh, you were in a marriage and you cheated on your wife with a man. Yep. Has that now um, led you into this open relationship with Angela? Was that something that you figured out you wanted because you didn't want to cheat? Yes. It's a lot of work to cheat. It's a lot of people don't really appreciate how much effort goes into keeping uh, a secret safe. But with Angela and I, what was great about it was she and I, when we were in the beginning just hooking up, we would go out and both of us have dates. Um, and then we would get together and decompress about, or not decompress, um, discuss? discuss, but debrief. Debrief. We would debrief about our, our individual dates. And it was part of the fun was talking about those individual days. Um, what did you do? What did you think? And what did you like about that? Blah, 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 blah. And then I think the next natural progression to that was, well, I'd sort of like to see you do that stuff. Um, and that's the way it kind of grew from there was just being friends with benefits that could then talk about other sexual partners 
to being a more stable relationship that had other sexual partners. I find it a little bit strange that people frown upon open relationships, especially a bi-open relationship, but any sort of bi-open relationship or even the swinging lifestyle, but cheating is a lot more accepted. Do you find that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's such a you know, hypocritical view, isn't it? It's completely. Absolutely. And because at least with an open relationship, everybody's being, I'm going to say honest, but at least mostly honest, and you're not hiding anything from your partner. You're not trying to be deceitful. And I don't understand why cheating and being deceitful is so much more accepted than honesty. I, I think I understand it. And it's because most people don't understand what it is. We've had to explain our relationship so many people, so yeah, many times. Sure. And the long and short of it is, there's a, and a <laughs> don't quote this, but there's a great line in Beauty and the Beast where the mob, when they're, when they're going after the castle, they stand. We don't like what we don't understand. In fact, it scares us. And that's something that I've seen a lot. You know, people don't understand it, so their immediate reaction is, I'm afraid of it. So it must be wrong. Why do you think um, cheating then is so much more accepted? Because people can come to work and go, oh, you know, guy can say to his mates, oh, I cheated on my girlfriend or I'm going to go to Thailand and see a prostitute or girls can have a night out with a stripper or whatever it may be. But as soon as you would say to them, well, why don't you and your other half go to a swingers club and do that in front of each other? They go, no, that's just weird. So I think part of it may be separately versus together because a lot of people, or at least some of our swinger friends that we talked to, when they first opened up their relationship, they started seeing other people separately because they didn't necessarily want to see their partner with someone else because of potential jealousy issues and whatnot. And so I think for a lot of people, it's easier, first of all, to see someone separately than to see someone with your partner in the same room. So I think that's part of it, at least. And regarding the cheating, you know, you look at media. Cheating is a, is a pretty integral part to our society. Most movies that deal with some kind of romance, romantic comedies, there's that always that either accidental cheating or on purpose cheating, you know, it's a great plot point. So it's something we all are familiar with and we all get and understand. Whereas swinging in open relationships, it's just now starting to come out, uh, so to speak. And a lot of people don't understand how, how swinging works, or at least, and I guess it works differently for every couple a little bit. Recently, we were out with some swinger friends and some vanilla friends and the vanilla friends didn't know that we were all swingers and it was, I think it was the first time we'd met them yeah. and they somebody made a joke somewhere along the way about a swingers club and they they were like oh yeah, yeah, yeah we'll all put our keys in a bowl and you know they still think that it's like that 70s everybody put your keys in a bowl or your opal cards in a bowl you know <laughs> and and it's it's not really like that and i I don't know what it was like in the 70s, so that's the, the idea that we all have from then, but that's not how it is for us now. But people still think of it like that, and they, they're not sure what it does look like exactly. So again, it's, it's more of just that unknown. So how, how do you guys keep your, uh, whether it be jealousy uh, issues or insecurities in check in your relationship? Neither of us are very jealous people to begin with. But I would say communication, communication, communication. We yeah. talk about everything. Yeah, nothing is off limits. We talk about everything. No, when when one of us goes out, it, most of the time we see people together, but occasionally we see people separately. And when one of us does go out and see someone separately, you know, we come home and we talk about it. Our general rule is you can ask any question. If you can, if you have the balls to ask it, then I have the balls to answer it. And so we just, 
you know, as long as you know what's going on, then that mystery is gone. There's nothing to be jealous of. Yeah, jealousy, For I think my opinion is that jealousy often rises up because of your ignorance to something. So I'm jealous of what you might be doing because I don't know what you're doing. There's a great quote by Stephen King that says the most. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Frightening things that knock at the door. And as soon as you open the door, nothing that can be described on the other side of the door is going to be more frightening than your imagination. Yeah. And I think jealousy is the same way. As soon as you let your partner go into another room with somebody, your mind starts to wonder, yeah. which is why I think it works for us. But we talk about everything. And there's also times where, you know, we'll talk about what what we've done on our dates and whatnot. And especially if it was with a, a play partner, you know, there, that question always comes up is, well, what did you like or what, what was really good about it? And, and if it's something that we don't necessarily do, then it, we may try it and incorporate and see is it something that works for us or is it something that, you know, maybe one of us isn't really interested in. So that's fine. You can do it with another partner. Is, it, is there any rules that you guys have, anything that is off limits that you're not allowed to do? Well, always sex with condoms. Yeah. Yep. Safe sex always. Yeah. Yep. No? I can't think of it. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's one of those things, it's one of those, if so, it, if so it has... One that we do have that occasionally gets bent, but only if it's the two of us, um, is that we typically don't play with people the first time we meet them. Yep. We want to, because we like to like the people that we're, that we're playing with, and we want to have some kind of a relationship with them, and and know that they're good people and, and interesting in some way or another. So, we so don't have well, to be best friends, but, you know. The one caveat to that is I like going to the gay saunas. Yeah. And you don't typically know the people there. Right. So even that rule is, it, we don't have... It gets sense, but if we're... Yeah. But if, if we go out on a, an actual date date yes. shortly, then yes. we typically don't. No, yeah. Um, it's usually only been like at the sauna or if we're out together and find somebody who's really, really super interesting. So, Bradford, how do you feel when you see Ange with another guy or a woman? I think most guys go, oh, two girls together, like you said before, that's hot. But if you actually see a guy uh, having intercourse with Angela, what, what sort of things are going through your mind? I actually think it's hotter to watch her with a guy than to watch her with a girl. Really? Uh, for me, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I, you know, there's that, it's funny, there's that pride of, not, I hate this possessive word, but knowing she's mine. She's coming home to me, coming yep. home with me. I also know that she's, you know, she's beautiful and, and gorgeous, and she's extremely talented sexually. So if there is that pride of seeing her with somebody, and, like, I know what she's doing, and I know what it feels like, and you're a lucky person to experience that because she doesn't do that for just anybody. 
kind of thing. I, there's that. Yeah, I think, and then it's just, I find it extremely erotic and arousing. I like, like we've done a few times, uh, hot wiping, you know, where I'll just sit and watch her play with somebody. Yep. And that is some of the best sort of, it's like, like porn theater. It's live action porn. <laughs> now, Angela, a lot of people are going to say, oh, okay, you know, seeing your, um, your boyfriend or your husband with another woman, okay, that's, that's one step. You know, you can, uh, a male, female, female threesome is quite common. But seeing your husband or your boyfriend with another man, that's, mm-hmm. that's another step again. Once again, what's going through your mind or what are you feeling when you're seeing that? I think that it's incredibly sexy, for one thing. Because, you know, when you look at it, it's, they're, they're just people. And the male form is incredibly sexy. And you have two of them in front of you to look at. You know, from a, a visual perspective, I like to see that. I like to see the caring and the tenderness, uh, you know, when, when Bradford's with another guy because he, when he's really into it, you can see that on his face and his actions and, and the way that he moves and, and the other person as well. And I, I like to see that interaction between the two. I find it incredibly hot to watch him with another guy. And again, you know, like he said with watching me, but I know that he's, very talented orally. And so, you know, the second that he engages with a guy, it's, yeah, I know, I don't know exactly because I, I don't have male parts, <laughs> but I know generally what they're, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. And, and even watching them kiss, you know, there's just something very sensual about that. And it doesn't matter to me whether it's with a guy or with a girl. It is, I do like to see the tenderness that he shows to a guy. Because most of the time you think of a, a guy being kind of fur, strong, you know, and you don't think of a guy being very tender. And so I, it's kind of a, a different twist and a different side that I find incredibly sexy. Do you have a preference of what you watch, what you'd like to watch Bradford involved in, a guy or a girl? No. I probably see him more with guys than girls. Is that so? Well, it depends. I think it's... Not lately. Yeah, it goes, it comes and goes. Yeah, it's depending on who our, yeah, it's depending on who our partners at the time are. Um, But yeah, lately, I guess there haven't been as many guys. At one point, there were more. Yeah. Take me back to the beginning of your relationship. How did this first start? I'm I'm assuming it started with baby steps and it wasn't just bang, it was on and you were swapping and... No, it was pretty much bang, we were swapping. Oh, really? Um, So I had my first threesome uh, was with a couple... It was a male female couple, and I really got along with them, and they were, I really liked them both. And um, that was right at the time when Angela and I first started hooking up. And then I mentioned to her what you know what it was like, and she was like, "Oh my god, that sounds amazing!" And so it's funny because I think most of our rules are kind of based around their rules that they had. Yep. Because they were sort of our mentors, I guess. Um, but. We, was, we went on a date with them, the four of us, and then the next time we went over to their place, and it was immediately full swap. Yeah. Um, in the same room, full swap. We jump, We are kind of the people that jump in with both feet, you know? Once, once we decide to do something, yeah. we just... We just you right. your mind to it and you just do it. On Twitter, I think I saw on your Twitter feed, I'm not quite sure who wrote this, but it was only in the last, I think, 24 hours, someone wrote that they've broken up and had their heart broken. Feeling a bit heartbroken, yes, that was me. Uh... The guy that I've been seeing for six months, yeah, a, a while, um, decided that our rela- this kind of relationship was too much. He he didn't he didn't want to play second fiddle, which I appreciate completely. But 
but Angela is my primary partner and I'm always going to treat her that way. So that means I can't be, um, last second, I can't be spontaneous. Overnights are a little harder. So yeah. And he, uh, he decided that it was better if we just stay friends. Angela, how, how do you feel when you hear that, uh, Bradford, who's even though your primary and who you're in love with has had his heart broken by a third party? It's really sad because he's much more emotional than me. And so I know that he's, he's quicker to fall in love and he's very passionate about his partners. And so it's, it's really kind of sad to see that. And, you know, and I, I have to try and figure out, you know, what, how do we get through this? Because there will be other partners and whatnot, but no, no two are the same. And, I know that in this case, you know, he really likes this guy, and I really like this guy. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's really tough. Do you guys see yourself as an open relationship or a more of a poly relationship then? Okay, that's, it's so hard to put that kind of label on it. I, yeah. I definitely consider myself polyamorous. I know it is possible for me to be in love with more than one person. I may not be able to love them equally, but I often compare it to your parents. Which parents do you love more? or parents looking at children, which child do you love more? We've got more love in us just for one or two people. Um, and so I'm very quick to fall in love with people and typically very quick to get my heart broken. And while that has been pointed out to me that that's not actually love, that's limerence, I would still argue that because, you know, I would do things for people. It's not, limerence is a, is a, a much shorter emotion or feeling, I guess. I don't think you are polyamorous. No, I wouldn't you do say so. Ultimately, love people. I, I do, but I'm I'm not near as quick to yeah. fall in love. So like our and, friends, Danny and Sandy. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, there are friends that we have that I I would definitely say that I love them. But again, it's that different kind of like a friend's love, a family love. It's it's not a primary partner kind of love. Yeah. Now let's talk about the website by the by dot com dot au. One, I love the name, and two, I love the. Uh, promiscuity with permission where did that come from i think we just we we were floating two or three ideas um and we were floating around a couple of friends you know what do you guys think we wanted to do a podcast what do you guys think about the naming and everybody likes by the bye everybody's like oh that's great because it's sort of a southern saying as well so oh by the bye did you hear what happened to you know blah 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 and so it worked for that and then um the promiscuity with permission was uh, a friend of ours, he was a, a, one of our male partners for a long time. Now he's in a monogamous relationship. Still, we talk to him all the time. But uh, he came up with a promiscuity with permission, and he also designed the logo for us. And why did you set up the website? What was the, uh, the main driver behind well, the website and the podcast? So The main thing for us is that we want people to be a lot more accepting of the bisexuality. And swinging is, as well, it seems as though people are becoming a little more accepting of the swinging. There's a lot of different podcasts about swinging out there. There's not very much that addresses the bisexuality side. And so we wanted to have a forum in which to get that out a little bit and to, to try and make it a little more accepted and just make people aware that there's a different way of thinking out there. It's not always black or white. Sometimes there's a bit of gray in there. When I was trying to come out or come to terms with who I was, there was precious little information out there for a young bisexual male. And since we, our, our first, um, I guess, foray 
into the podcasting world, we were on Swinging Down Under's podcast. And just from that, we got an email from somebody who was in a very similar situation that I had found myself in about five years before. And so we, we talked about it and we're like, let's start a podcast. And in the beginning, it was, we didn't want, we wanted to hide our faces. We wanted to hide our name. But now we're at that point where, for me, and I know Angela as well, it feels a bit disingenuous to be promoting open sexuality and, and open relationships and this kind of open understanding, but yet hide ourselves. Um, so we've sort of ripped the Band-Aid off. Do you think there'll be any re- repercussions in your life, you know, uh, <laughs> coming out again? I know, right? <laughs> well, you know, third time's charm. Uh, uh, you know, possibly, and I'm sure there are going to be things that are going to be affected that we can't predict. But we've tried to look at it from a very, I'm going to say scientific, um, a very close scrutiny, scrutinous eye. I'm sure there's going to be negative repercussions that we can't see. But I honestly think the positive repercussions are going to outweigh the negative. Uh, I've said this before, and Angela's, going to be like, oh, God, I have to hear this story again. I'm a firm believer that we're on the cusp of a third sexual revolution, where the first sexual revolution was for women can enjoy sex and, and, and have an orgasm as well, and then the second sexual revolution was when you know, the gay-lesbian uh, kind of movement started in the, in the 80s and 90s, and now I think we're moving into that more bisexuality, gender, sexual fluidity, and open relationships and swinging. What do you think you cop the uh, most crap about or the most um, trouble about? Is it being bi or is it being open in an open relationship? Like, which one do uh, people... Definitely being bi. Bi. Bi, really? Yeah. And it's less for her, more for me. Yeah. So, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, like RHP, uh, we have talked to a number of people who, a number of people, where the guys start out as bisexual, then they change their username or their user profile to be bicurious. And then they decide to put it as experimental. And it's not until they put it as experimental do they start getting contacted by people because for some reason people believe that bisexual men are some sort of sexual predators, which I think is both hilarious and a little adorable. Um, (laughs) You know, it's it's like we can't keep our hands to ourselves. Um, But, you know, it's... But yet if a woman is bisexual, even on RHP, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a commodity for women to have bisexuality, to be bisexual. But, you know, that goes back to a lot of the way we look at sex and the way we think about sex. Um, Oftentimes, you know, a bisexual woman, for a man to see his primary partner with another woman, he doesn't see that other woman as a threat. It's not a threat to his sexuality. It's not a threat to his relationship. He's non-threatening. Whereas if another man is there, he's suddenly threatened by his relationship or by the relationship, by the uh, sexuality. It's intimidating for him. You were talking before about this situation happening in OSS, and I can imagine happening in, say, let's just say a suburban nightclub, two girls on the dance floor kissing. Yep. No mm-hmm. one's going to get too upset about that and probably be a few guys giving themselves high fives and taking photos. Yeah. If two guys did exactly the same thing, there would they might be... Get oh, they punched. <laughs> oh, they might get punched, they might get asked to leave, they might get thrown out, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. might get yelled out, all sorts of things happening. Why do you think that is? Why is there that double standard in... Society, where do, where do you think that comes from? Go back to what Bradford said previously about, you know, a guy watching his his girlfriend or female partner with another female, and he's not threatened by that. And maybe it's from the more sexist times when, when women were weaker and not threatening and 
and you're seen more as property than your own actual person. I don't know if it comes from some of that in that, you know, women aren't strong, independent people. Or I think part I of it's know. that part of it's media. You don't think I mean, I don't know if you guys had the backlash when Brokeback Mountain came yeah, out as yeah. it, we had in the States, but that was a big sort of turning point, you know, because effectively those men were bisexual, but they're labeled as gay. Because they were both, or the, at least the one guy was happily married to mm-hmm. Maggie Gyllenhaal. And so there's a bit of that. And again, it goes back to the, about the not understanding, the not taking the time to, to figure it out. You know, you see two men kissing, so suddenly you're afraid that they're going to try to make you kiss them, whether you want to or not. Um, a woman is less likely to be able to physically manhandle a man to do something, whereas another man might be able to. A weaker set. Yeah, it's a weaker sex. So, so you think guys are intimidated, but that it's two guys, and that they may be um, manhandled or forced into you know some sort of submission. I think that they are intimidated. I, you know, and I think that's part of it. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it, it just goes back to it's not something we see very often. Yep. Um, yep. Up until recently, there wasn't even a lot of bisexual porn for men. But I remember when I was a kid looking at porn. You know, it was hard to find gay porn. It was hard to find bisexual men porn, but girl-on-girl porn, yeah. lesbian porn has been around forever, as long as men... Which also probably really helps the in society. Yeah. yeah. Now, let's go back a little bit to the website, uh, and more, I guess, helping other people. Um, is one of the offshoots of having the website and the podcast getting approached by people who are confused or in a similar situation and asking for help, asking for advice? Yes, very much so. We probably... There's been a few people that we've given, at least I say advice, it's our personal experience yeah. advice to a number in the, in the state of people have reached out to us. Even Southeast Asia. It's Southeast Asia, yeah. yeah. We get emails or Twitter messages, whatnot, from people, and, and they're basically in a very similar situation to what Bradford was, or similar-ish, and they're basically like, what do I do? What do you, basically, they just want someone to talk to who understands. And so we'll tell them, you know, how it was for us or what we did. Usually they end up coming back, and, and it's really incredibly helpful because they just want someone to talk to. A sounding board. Yeah, they want someone to talk to that understands where they're coming from and, and that can maybe give them some ideas on how to handle the situation. You know, and it's one of those things that a lot of us, I think what we all strive for is that feeling of fitting in and normalcy. We're human beings. We're quite the herd animals. We want to fit into the herd. I know how these these guys feel. They feel like they're there's something wrong with them. They're not like everyone else, and it's really a, a disheartening and uncomfortable position to be in to be walking around feeling like you're completely different than all the people around you, and looking for that acceptance, and not finding it, and not really being able to know who or how to talk to. Don't know where to go to find yeah. it. So, what would you say to someone? Let's start with the first part. What would you say to someone who? Is, isn't sure whether they're gay, straight, or bi, or is really attracted to both sexes but doesn't know how to reconcile that? You know, the, that's, it's, it's tough because every person is different. Everybody's mileage differs. But I think the, the first thing that you have to do is you have to be happy with who you are and be happy with yourself. It's also probably the hardest thing to do because coming out, you're going you're gonna to make waves. There are going to be people who either don't believe you or, or don't understand you. And if you have trouble understanding yourself, it's going to be more difficult for you to explain that 
where you're coming from to people. But I think step one is saying, you know, I, number one, I'm okay. Number two, I don't really have to know exactly, you know, what I'm attracted to. If I'm, you know, that understanding will come in time yeah. as you be patient, as you fill yourself out more, as you explore more, and and try to, to dive into that a bit. And and it's it can be fluid over time. I yeah. know even with us, we kind of flex a little bit one way or the other, almost on a day to day basis. Yeah. And it's one of the things that you know, if you're let's say you're a 100% straight heterosexual male, if you go out and I put 100 women in front of you, you're not going to find all those women equally attractive. You're not going to find, you know, there's some women that you're going to be like, I'm not attracted to her at all. And some you're going to be like, oh, my God, she's, you know, an 11 out of 10. But then you can take that same subset of women or that same set of women and put them in front of another 100% straight man, and they'll find different people attractive. And that's, that's the thing. You don't, if you're confused, you're like, oh, I think that person's attractive, but I don't think that, you know, I think that guy's hot, but I don't think that guy's hot. So I must not be gay or I must not be bi. There isn't a there isn't a right or wrong. I think it's the longer that I've been in this, and this is coming from somebody who I love to be labeled. I like labels, but it's, it it becomes harder and harder to label just because there is that fluidity and that difference from day to day. Okay, so that's the first part. The second part is what about if someone's thinking about experimenting with swinging? What would you say? Definitely do it. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We always say, and we've said it on the podcast multiple times, we've said everybody that we've talked to that starts swinging. Swinging and open relationships, are, it's a magnifying glass. If you have small cracks or faults in your relationship, that's going to magnify and it's going to become canyons and crevices very quickly. If your foundation is, is strong and, and firm, then that's going to magnify that. It's going to stay. It's going to become more strong and, and bring you closer together. We've seen that. Ha- we've seen that happen. We've seen both ways. Yeah, both yeah. ways. We've got one of our closest friends. They, we were their first play couple. Um, and in the year that we've been playing with them, they are, I think they communicate better. They're, they're 100% open and they're happy. They're um, solid. they're rock solid. And then we've got another couple that had issues in the beginning and it almost tore them apart. Um, and they're just now starting to pick up the pieces and, and put things back together. Okay, let's step it up one more bit. What about if someone's thinking about, okay, they've done the swinging, maybe they just do the swinging, you know, or maybe they just go to, you know, adult parties every now and again and they don't really swing, but they really want to take it up the next step, which is an open relationship. Any advice about that? Communication is key. Talk about everything with your partner. Don't hide anything from them. Yeah. I think that is more important than anything else. And Talk to them. Don't rush into it. I say that even though we rush into everything. But, you know, don't rush into it necessarily. Talk to your partner about what you want that open relationship to look like. Are there certain days or times that you are allowed to see other people? Do you both go out only at the same time? Like if, if he's going on a date, then I can go on a date as well. So one person's not left at home. Or are there time limits? Do you spend the night? Do you not spend the night with people basically kind of set some boundaries and they can change over time of course but talk about what you want that open relationship to look like and as you start to go into it as you start to find people that you're interested in share them with your partner and and help them understand why you're interested in other people and and do the same for people that they're interested in as well 
And it's it's kind of fun. Like when we're sitting here looking at potential partners, it's always fun to flip through together. And yeah, we always learn a little bit more about each other and our preferences that way too. Yeah, it's communication. It is communication yeah. is paramount. But I think that is true of all relationships. And I think one of the biggest problems that we have as couples is we don't talk to each other. We assume, you know, if I've been married to somebody for ten years. I assume I know what their answer is going to be to every question because I've been together. We've been together for 10 plus years and that's not always the case. Just do your partner a favor and don't answer the questions for them before you even, they even get the opportunity to hear the question. What do you say to people who say, look, you're just getting your cake and eat it. What's wrong with that? It's delicious. <laughs> that's, the you know, that's the answer I was expecting. <laughs> We're not on some sort of bloody diet. Um, <laughs> You know, I know, I understand where people are coming from when they say that. But again, it goes back to they, they assume they know what they think they know, and they're wrong. It's not for everybody. This no, is not, not for everybody. Um, just like motorcycles aren't for everybody. It's one of those things that it works for us, and we are lucky in that it works for us. And we're not saying that we'll always be open. But at some point, maybe down the line, we become 100% monogamous. But that seems statistically unlikely. Really <laughs> now, now, before we go, do you guys have any sort of embarrassing stories or funny stories that maybe when you are, I don't know, as you, you hooked up as a couple or as a single or, you know, uh, uh, some sort of dating story? <laughs> how, how, how long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I guess the funnier or more embarrassing, the better. I, you know, we've got some odd dating stories. I, I had a lady that I met off of Tinder that came to a bar, ordered sparkling water and brought two peaches. Yeah, that was an we had odd some date. weird date. We had we had a date where we were asked if we liked the party. Yeah, and me being as as vanilla in that aspect, I went, "No, we tend to like to go to the clubs more, uh, like OSS." And she goes, "No, I mean cocaine." I was like, ah. "Oh, oh no," because <laughs> I'm completely out of the whole drug loop. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. We have yeah. some interesting dates, but I'm trying to think of anything embarrassing. Like embarrassing. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of our stuff is, is kind of quirky, funny. Yeah. Like, and, and they're mostly long stories because yeah. I don't do anything terse. Um, so the website is bythebuy.com.au. So it's B-Y-T-H-E-B-I.com.au. If yes. people do have questions for you regarding their own sexuality, your sexuality, or anything that we've discussed, what's the best way to get in contact with you? You can hit us on Twitter at By the By Podcast. Yep. Or email us at B T H E Atoms A T O M S of Love L O V E at gmail.com. Yeah. And, and then the podcast can be found on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, anywhere podcasts are sold. Okay, so that was uh, our interview with uh, Phil Brandel. Phil Brandel? Damn it. One of these days, he's going to shake his fist at me. But anyway, we would really like to thank Phil um, for writing the article, for taking the time and the interest into talking to us uh, and seeing us as valuable valuable enough um, to get our story out there. Um, We would also like to thank mamamia.com.au for printing the article and then hosting it on their website. Uh, Yeah, that was... uh, Actually, a really a lot of fun. Yeah, really, it was. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. It was. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of. It was good conversation. Yeah, yeah. it's a great conversation. It's different to be interviewed. That's yeah. an odd thing. I don't know. I got a little. 
we'll say a little nervous. But you get some you know, butterflies. I got a little butterflies, a little little something, something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Thanks a lot for listening once again. Um, as always, please email us your questions, comments, and rude remarks to theatomsoflove at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at ByTheByPodcast. And uh, you can find us on uh, our website, www.bythebuy.com.au. And if you like what you hear, please go on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found us and leave us a review. Yes, that would be awesome. We'd really appreciate that. It doesn't have to be anything in depth or whatnot. Just, you know. No. Just just let us know. Just, you know, five stars. And that's it. You don't have to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) But we'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to us, guys. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.